Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. Each week, we discuss the programming problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the closure programming language. So, Christoph, what are we talking about this week? Well, last week we left off with sprinkle errors. Oh my! <laughs> so many sprinkle errors. Our donuts don't have sprinkles. The sky is falling, but it's not raining sprinkles. It's not sprinkling. It's not sprinkling. <laughs> and so uh, what, what made that really interesting last week is we were going from taking a single line, and now all of a sudden we had to deal with two lines because these, these uh, persistent and annoying sprinkle errors had information spread out across two lines. And so uh, we, we ended up with a, a, nifty, little, a nifty little solution uh, involving partition. Yeah, we, we we end up partitioning the 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 sequence into uh, pairs, so adjacent pairs. I think we said um, overlapping pairs actually. Yeah. Um, so every line was paired with its with its with its its follow on, and um, and so then the function that we made, you know, could take both of those lines and it could decide if it has found both halves of the error to make the whole error and return that. So worked pretty yeah, well. So- yeah, yeah, it worked great, so long as two lines were just right next to each other. <laughs> and of course, we all know, we all know in log systems, the two lines you log out are always exactly next to each other. There's never anything else that gets logged in between them or interleaved, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and all the software I write is bug-free, and everything's deterministic, right? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and we don't need side effects. Okay, so... <laughs> So, yeah, that raised a question of like, okay, we wanted to look ahead, and so we could make partition so that partition could give us larger chunks, right? And then we would just adapt the code to, obviously, like our assumption is the error is starting with the first line passed into the function, right? Because right. it's going to be a moving window. So it will eventually slide along, if you will, one, one line at a time until it hits the, okay, here it is. Here's the first line, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, but then it's like we had we have to update our our algorithm to look for the second line somewhere in the the following lines, you know, the the second through right. tenth line, right? Um, but but that introduced another problem is then you know how how far do we look ahead? You know, uh, it becomes a, a a telling the future kind of a problem, you know, and that's right. If if any if how? if anything I've learned in my <laughs> my career, telling the future is one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So it's a, it's this magic number problem of the look ahead buffer, you know, and I suppose we could say like a thousand should be good enough. I mean, how many times, how many times a day, a day or a week, Ho- hopefully not an hour. <laughs> right. Do do you find yourself saying, ah, that should be, that should be big enough. <laughs> right. Is that the, uh, the, the, the famous quote by uh, Bill Gates? You know, 640K ought to be enough for anyone or everyone. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know if he said those words exactly, but yes. Like yes, as developers. Did. The internet says he did, so that must be true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but as developers, we find ourselves in this situation, right, where we are, we, we, we have to pick a number. But it, the kind of the issue within the partitioning is there's a magic number problem. But but the other thing is like this function, I guess, 
is going to get handed a certain number of lines to consume. But wouldn't it be neat if if like the function that actually recognized the pattern, like like parsed out those lines, actually had control over how far to look ahead, right? You 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 put all that information in one place. Oh, because interesting. You're yeah, right. Yeah, because right now the sequence, the sequence gets chopped up into chunks. So the the decision making of like what is a reasonable look ahead is made outside of the function. Yeah, and, and then and the function has no has no control over its ultimate destiny. If it needs right. to go to the eleventh line, we've only given it ten. We, we've essentially hamstrung it and made it so that it can't function. The function can't right. function. Yes, the function cannot function, <laughs> which is which is dire in the world of functional programming. I mean, that's all we have, really. Yes. <laughs> With the, well, that and lists. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. We don't even need single values because we we can just do lists of what, right? <laughs> but functions, man, those are the best. Okay, so yes, our function can't function. Yes, our our dysfunctional function. Um. So so yeah, it would be nice if it could control that. So ideally, it would be great if we could like have it take a sequence, and and then like. Like look, look up, like as far ahead as it needs to. Well, our sequence is lazy. Why don't we just hand it the sequence we have? Just give it the whole thing, because it, okay. it it'll it'll sip, you know, enough as as far as it needs to go. If it needs to go eleven lines, it'll read eleven lines, right? So well, like what what we've been doing is we've we take the sequence and then we map it, right? And so so we made a we made this function take pairs. Because we we wanted to take the sequence and we wanted to we wanted to map that to produce a new sequence that's just just like the the sprinkle errors, you know. And so right. now now if this thing takes the sequence, well, it could take the sequence and it could give us like maybe we could write a function that gives us one sprinkle error. But like <laughs> how do how do we like go through the sequence and find all the sprinkle errors, you know, like because map map just gives us one thing at a time, you know. Even if we're breaking it up into partition, I mean, we we were joking like we don't have partition infinity, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So we we're going from something that operates on a, a small a segment of the sequence, like last week. You know, we partitioned it, so you given it these little two item sequences, and we're giving it the whole sequence. But that's that's almost giving it too much control, you know. It's it's giving it yeah. it's giving it too much power, and we kind of need it some way for it to to tell us to to kind of kick back and say, but like, okay, I'm I'm done, you know, and not so much us, but like the map function. Yeah, yeah, we wanna we wanna take like we we wanna give it the sequence so it can look ahead, but then the the function that we have written before just gives us one thing back. So it seems like we should be able to give it a sequence and then it should give us a sequence back, right? Uh, and it's just going to be like it's just going to be like all sprinkle errors, you know? Right. Well that that and that's that's the difference is is we we were giving it a sequence. We were giving it like parts of a sequence. So it was like it was like an operator inside of a map, which is what it was before. Right. And right. and this time we we want to elevate it so it's now taking a sequence and giving a sequence. It's like it's now 
It's right. now up here with map and filter. It's not. It's no longer one of its minions, you know. And so, so we need to right. like we need to like give it. You know, we need to empower it to be that level of 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 participating player. <laughs> right. Just just because it was working on chunks before. And you could you could view like a, a a chunk as a sequence, but it's not working on like the unbounded sequence, right? It's it's and so so it's still like going through a piece at a time and trying to convert that piece to a thing, right? Right. And and so instead, if we want this thing to actually be able to look ahead with like full power, like you're saying, then we got to just give it the sequence. And it's got to give us a sequence back of all of the stuff, the the stuff it, it managed to parse out of it, you know? Right. But we don't want it to just, you know, go off into its hut and come back to us with the entire sequence, all eager, you know? We, want, we, don't, <laughs> we don't want it to then consume all memory, you know? We want oh, it to, it, right. it needs to, it needs to behave like, like its new, its new elevated peers, you know? It needs to be lazy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it. Okay. So let's see. How can we can, how could we do this? So we need to basically, like, how could we just get one out? Let's, let's start with maybe that simple case. So we write a function and we hand it the sequence. And what it does is it, it just, it, well, it could, okay. We write a function that's just going to return one, right? Right. And so it looks at it looks at like that first line and goes, "Is this something I recognize? Like, is this the beginning of the sp- the sprinkle error?" Mm-hmm. And if it's not, it just recurs to itself, right? It, it recurs to itself with like the next item in the sequence. So it's it, and then oh. it's going to look and go, "Is this the first line of the sprinkle error?" No, okay, recur. You know, so it's it's going to start blasting through the sequence until it finds the first line. And then after it finds a first line, then we could have um, another thing, just uh, do it like a, a take and tell or take while, like take take while not the <laughs> right. second line. Right. I feel like there there should be a take and tell, but I don't think there is. I can't remember. No, isn't that funny? This isn't Perl. No, no until in this language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... So then, then that can have access to the sequence at that point in time, and it can run through until it finds it or or hits a limit, right? Like we could do, we could just do a take one thousand because that will be lazy, and then you have a take and tell around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now it's controlling the look ahead. So then it finds the second line, boom, right? You're or or it doesn't, and so then you you basically you have this little while. Like uh, this little um um uh uh block like nested right uh huh yeah a little a little wind block that is like okay if I got the first line and the second line then great return re, re, re like return the value done you know so I think I think that's how we could write a function that got like the first one out. Gotcha. So it, it and it'll find the first one no matter where it is in the in the sequ- in the file. Like right. it'll zip ahead to it. Right. Okay. So that gets us one. But but right. we don't want one. We want a sequence of of these things. Right. So how do we? Well, go and f- I I guess we also just to fill in a detail, we have to make sure that we haven't hit the end of the sequence. Right. 
So we're gonna we're gonna have this function that's gonna be like find sprinkle error, if you will. And the first thing it's gonna do is it's gonna do like a win seek on the lines, right? Because then then like if if we've hit the end of the sequence, it will go no further. Because <laughs> if, if we don't find it and we recur, it's going to be like, oh, recur. And then, oh, nil didn't match, recur. Oh, nil didn't match, recur, right? So Right. No so, sense in looking in an empty bucket. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. So we wrap the whole thing in a win seek lines to protect it. And then, and then, yes, we follow that logic. Let's pull out the first line, see if we match it. So I guess in the question is, like it would be really nice if there's a way that we could omit like every time we find one like 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 re- return that back to to the calling function <laughs> right right but but only but only when we find it and then we don't find the next one until the next the next demand you know Right. So, so like if the calling function, like if we told the calling function sort of like what index, if you will, conceptually, like what index we left off on, then the calling function could, could be like, okay, here, look for this one, but just start at this point or something, right? Like if we, if we had a a sense of place. Yeah. Keep a, a bookmark. You know, you asked me to look through this, this book for the first instance of a character and I, I found him. And then I, I gave you, oh, I found him on page 30, you know. But, so if you want me to find him again, I'll, I'll start on page 30 again, you know. I'll start right, right there. Right. Right, right. Yeah, so what's super cool is like in Clojure, then we can, we can do this with lazy seek. Like lazy seek allows us to omit like one thing at a time, like on demand. And so, so without having to write all this bookkeeping code. Mm. <laughs> nice pun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And so so it, it, so like lazy seek we we the idea is with lazy seek is is lazy seek is a sequence. Right? But it's a sequence that that isn't realized yet. Like it like it, like the work has not been done for it. Right? So you know there's going to be stuff in there. But but you have a reference to the sequence, but but it doesn't do anything like we've been talking about until you actually try to get a thing out, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like being able to hand back a bit of data and then a function to call. Like, it's like, how do you, you know, encapsulate, you know, logic in, 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 in closure? You, you wrap it in a function somehow. You, 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 use, you, you give it a bit of code. And so, and so lazy seek is basically allowing us to to hand back a value and then it'll keep track of it'll keep track of that bit of code that needs to call for the next value. Yeah, it's it, it like lets you be in the moment, right? Like you have a reference to where you're at in the sequence. And then and then when when you find something, you know, you need this mechanism for giving it back to the thing that called you so that it's like okay, here's the next thing in the sequence. And so okay. what you can do is you can just you can just cons that thing on and and so like the the trick is like the hurdle the mental hurdle with this is like you're going to your con so cons puts an element on the front of the list right but what list well the list you're going to put the element on is like the recursive call to yourself to get the rest of the lazy sequence 
Yeah. Right? So how, how, how would we, maybe to kind of get a little more concrete, how would we actually turn our function into a lazy sequence? Like what, so, what, what's the first step? Yeah, so the idiom enclosure is you basically wrap the whole body of the function in lazy seek. And so you can think of that as like delay. So, so, or future, like the only real difference between like delay and future is basically like whether a thread is created. And so, so think of it like delay, right? So you, you wrap okay. a computation in delay and then you can assign, you can bind that to um, a variable. And then when you, when you actually go to use it at that point in time, it like stops what it's doing. It goes and computes it and then it gives you the answer back. So it lets you kind of define the computation in one place and actually like pay for it, you know, in another. <laughs> so at the top of our function, we have lazy seek. And then the next underneath right. that is you, we had this um, um, when seek lines, like when, when we actually have data, right? Because we don't want to do anything unless we have the data. So once yeah, we've associated, so- asserted that we do have data, then we can actually do what we were talking about before, which is the whole like look for each of the each of the sections of error we we want, right? So, um, so we're just pushing down at the top yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is like you, lazy seek is a macro, and it takes a block, and that block has to fulfill some promises, right? So either that block needs to evaluate to be nil to indicate this thing is over, right? Does that mean like the end of the sequence? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And so, so the seek is over, right? Mm-hmm. Done. So either it has to evaluate to be nil, um, or it has to return um, a seek like like a, a sequence that's um, that can be used, right, in some way. So, so okay. the easiest way the easiest way to make a sequence is to just cons to just use cons enclosure, like under the hood, like cons is how any list is made. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So, so, but we, we, so we, we, once we've gone through our, like the bit of logic to figure out is I have the first, the first bit of the error and the second bit of the error. Now, once I have both of those, now I want to return, like I I want to return what you return is cons, the found object, and then lazy seek. Right. So the lazy seek block, yeah, the lazy seek block either has to return nil or it has to return a sequence, right? Uh, right. And and the, and the key is the sequence is defined in terms of itself, right, recursively. And so oh. so it's like, okay, we don't have nil, so we we need to make a sequence. Well, in order to make a list and a list is a sequence enclosure, <laughs> you use cons, right? So you say cons and then the element and then then like the rest of the list, it, this, right? and, and, and the the rest of the list is kind of the the bookmark to figure out where to continue on, and right. because the top of our function is a call to lazy seek, we just actually call our function right then. So it's cons right. the value, and our function with whatever when we pass to that function, the bookmark so to speak, the where we where where we're we supposed to pick up on, uh, to continue. Right, right. So if we make a function called sprinkle error seek and then the first thing it does is call lazy seek it will return immediately if you will right right and 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 that is now uh, a reference to the beginning of a sequence but that sequence has well it's lazy it's done nothing <laughs> right but but it is a sequence type yes mm-hmm. right and so when you go and you try to pull 
you know, you try to take an element out of that list, it at that point in time is going to evaluate the body, right? And so then that body is going to um, make sure that the the list has some stuff in it. Otherwise, it will immediately evaluate to nil and then we'll be done. And yeah, it will do that logic we described before. And so what's cool is like when we cons, so so we look for the element, we produce the element, and then we we have our function if it finds something and doesn't just return nil, right? It cons right. Uh, whatever we found, and then onto what? Onto itself recursively, which will be a lazy sequence of all of the rest. But but we have to call it recursively with like the next thing in the list. Obviously, you know, we, we need to advance the list. Otherwise, we will just keep finding the current match over and over and over forever. And we'll have an infinite. This is how closure can do infinite sequences too, right? Like, because it right. doesn't actually do anything until you, you try to get it. And at that point in time, it's like, oh, you need another thing? I'll just give you the same thing again. I'll give you the same thing again. Cool. Okay. So then if, 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 we, if we don't find, like, so say that, for instance, if that first line doesn't have the beginning of the error, well, we know, we know that we don't know if the second line has the beginning of an error or the third line or the 10th line. We just know that the first line doesn't. So if, there, if there's nothing in the first line that indicates that, um, we can do the same uh, yeah. well, thing then before. We need to re- yeah, we need to produce a sequence, but we know that we, we can't know- put anything into it right now. So we have to recur, like, and we have to call ourselves recursively. But to- skip that first line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To with the next line. Because clearly, like, the line we started with wasn't right. Right, it wasn't so, useful to so, us. Right, the rules of lazy seek are: it's going to take a body. That body has to either produce nil to indicate it's done, or it has to produce a sequence. That sequence can be concrete using cons, or it could still be like abstract by just calling yourself recursively and sort of kicking the lazy seek problem down the road. Right uh, to a future version of yourself that will hopefully hopefully be able to find it. <laughs> yes, yes. So kick it, kicking the can down a road to to the thing that will do work. Now, if you call, if you call, um, yeah, re- recur on yourself, then it's like it, it will just go, it, it, it needs to, like it will not, until you actually con something, it, it won't have a thing to produce. So it's going to keep trying over and over and over until it actually finds a thing to produce, right? So it will eagerly run through right. the right. sequence until until it has something to produce. And so so rather than writing a function that takes like a single line or a set of lines and produces a data item and then using map to transform it, we can write a function that takes a sequence and produces a sequence and we can use lazy seek to keep it all lazy uh, ourselves. Yeah, it really it really lets us fit fit into the the rest of the closure universe um, at a peer level, so that we can be you know at the same level as map and filter in our in our pipeline. Um, and the, but lazy sequence lets us it it gives us the building blocks to do that. We don't have to do right. anything lower level, which is really which is very convenient. Yes, yes. And so now now we can make a stream processor, if you will, you know, that just that it lazily goes along and it's not going to do any extra work until it needs to. Um, but so you can still kind of get the semantics of something like a loop, you know, but mm-hmm. but it's lazy. 
Yeah. Right. And also, we don't. It it it, ha- it controls its own destiny. It can go as far as it wants into that sequence, which is the big thing we wanted to solve too. Cool. Yeah. So so you can start to kind of see a pattern of okay, well now if I if I can write a function that takes a sequence and produces a sequence, now now you can write a bunch of different functions, right? You could write you could do this for everything, whether it be one line or two lines or fifteen lines. Oh, interesting. Um, you could actually have something that like so say we had a bunch of errors that we, we were able to detect and we found patterns among the, the those errors. We could even have a we could have a higher level sequence based on this right. sequence. Like you could build your you could like building your abstraction layers up. Right. So it's then you could have something that takes a sequence of lines and produces some kind of um like error data structure. Mm-hmm. You know, like like in it like in it levels that information up and then you take something that takes a sequence of errors and produces a sequence of um I don't know <laughs> error summaries. <laughs> what yeah, whatever whatever yes, it could be a right. runtime error, error like not runtime. <laughs> yes. Well cool. Yeah, a running total. There you go. You know, That's what a I was sequence thinking. of running totals by error. You know? Yeah. Windowed. So you know. Yeah, or windowed. Right, right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone out there for listening to our to our podcast. Um, if you're getting something out of the podcast, please leave a review. We really uh, appreciate that. That helps us out a lot. So uh, here's a review we got on iTunes. Austin wrote, I just want to thank you guys for the great content. Your somewhat off-the-cuff dialogue and about design decisions has been really helpful to me as I learned functional programming. I mostly write code in JavaScript, but your high-level discussions apply to my own situations in so many ways. I might even have might have even grown to like software architecture. <laughs> Props to you guys for dropping so much some much-needed insights while keeping it humorous and light. Wow, thanks so much, Austin. That really that we really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Austin. We appreciate that very much. Um, and if anyone else hasn't already like go write a review it it really does help us if you leave us a review uh if you need to reach us you can send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club or you can hit us up on twitter at closure design we love to hear from you about all sorts of things yeah yeah definitely please please give us feedback as much as as much as you as you uh find that you can give um, you can find our show notes past, and past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. Uh, there'll be show notes up for this episode, including a little bit of code, so you can look at that. All right, we'll be back next week. Until then, do yourself a favor and wrap up your problems in a lazy sequence so you can deal with them one at a time. <laughs>